This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity, all done in person, and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. Aloha, y'all. I'm sitting here with Davina again. She's loving doing these intros with me. I'm so excited for your podcast to come out. No, 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 you tell it. Okay, well, what are you wearing? First of all, we're on a Facebook Live video, and she's wearing a very, a very special pair of glasses. Do you like those, Davina? Those are her blue blockers. Anyone that's watching on the Facebook Live, if you go to the owner's website, rawoptics.com slash breaking normal, Matt Maruka, our guest on today's podcast, explains how he's going to give you a discount on these blue blockers. And I'll tell you what, the kids' ones, I mean, just look at her. What do you think about those blue blockers, Davina? Yeah. So you're totally so thankful, right? Well, I'm so thankful for how beautiful you are, even I wearing think, blue blockers. I'm so thankful how you're going to give me a prize after this. Yep, she's going to get the prize after this, that's for sure. What, what prize are you talking about? I don't know. It's gonna. If I tell you, it won't be a surprise. I, <laughs> I, 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 Let me fix those for you, okay? Yeah, there you go. Those what? are She loves those organic uh, gummy ba- gummy rabbits that you can like put together gummy bears. She loves that. Do you, do you, it like you makes mean, the form of a rabbit is what I meant to say. You mean you mean those? You mean maybe? Is that what you want? Yes. I've heard I've heard uh, lots of tricks about old bodybuilders, including not Daddy. only eating liver, but also eating gummy bears. Daddy. Oh shoot! What's up? Wait 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 wait! Just calm down, calm down, calm down. Technical technical difficulty. She's work. She's wrapped around the cords. Let's try it this way. All right, all right. Hold on. Let me get this. Do you have anything else you want to say before this podcast begins with Matt? Do you remember Matt, the guy that gave you those glasses? That was such a nice gift. Do you feel like you sleep better when you wear those at night? I don't know. Well, maybe for whoever gets the glasses, they can tell us if they sleep better. What's up, baby? Okay, well, let me tell them one more thing, and then we'll do that. But how many can I have after, how, 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 how many can I have gummies afterwards? I think you can have four when we're done with the podcast, and then you can have four after dinner if you're sweet. Four, four after dinner? I don't know. No, no, but you can have four first right after this podcast. Do you want four after this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on other news, for people that have been following the Tribe Vitamins journey, we actually had a guy that came over today that wants to buy the first supply for us of uh, bison daddy. liver and he tried some of the tribe daddy. vitamins and hey, he wants to make the investment i'm just saying so go daddy. ahead and pre-order your bottle now tribe vitamins daddy. on kickstarter one word what's up baby i don't, I don't want to do the podcast anymore okay do you want to say goodbye to everybody then Bye. all right enjoy the podcast with matt remember rawoptics.com slash breaking normal Get your get your daughter or son or dog a care of the, a pair of these cool blue blockers and try them out for yourself and enjoy this episode about the light diet. All right, y'all, welcome to the Breaking Normal podcast. This is actually being recorded live on YouTube, so if you want to see the full version, it'll probably be up on my channel, Daniel Eisenman. That went recently viral because the Ohm Daddy video went viral again. It keeps going viral. Have you seen the? Uh, I actually haven't. Man. Oh my goodness. I'm well, ashamed to say. <laughs> Great. That's no. I would be proud of that actually at this point. Um, 
I'm here with Matt Maruka from Raw Optics. Yeah. A uh, blue light blocking company. Is yeah, that? blue light blocking glasses. Exactly. Okay, great, great. And and really what you're – be even a layer deeper than that, what you're passionate about is – It's called the light diet. So it's a diet of our light exposure and basically avoiding the light that's bad and getting more of the light that's good. Okay, okay. Well, synchronously enough, you're in town just till – today uh, or tomorrow tomorrow yeah and you're you live in you reside in Encinitas, Encinitas California yeah. which whereas my daughter was born how long have you lived there you said I've only been there four months okay so fairly fresh where'd you live before that I was traveling the world for three years and working on growing up my business so I was in this business the, this business yeah so I was in Idaho for three months since March during coronavirus and then Encinitas since you know the beginning of June so that's like good four I'm just here for a couple of weeks, but before being in Idaho, I was in Costa Rica for a week, Texas for a month, Mexico for three months. I was in Europe for three months before that. Can you get a little Bali more exact? Three. Were you in any specific cities for these three month periods or were you traveling around? I was those? usually in one place, like in Mexico, I was in Tulum, in Europe, I was in Croatia, Bosnia, and the United Kingdom, and then... Before that, I was in the States for a couple months over the summer traveling, like family, stuff in L.A., Malibu. And then I was in Bali before that for three months, which was epic, but just in one town, Changu. Have you been out there? I have not been to Bali. It is legendary. <laughs> on you mentioned Costa Rica. where I went to um, San Jose and drove from there to Nosara and Playa Guiones, like near Tamarindo. Mm -hmm. And it was quite literally the most beautiful experience of my entire life, like driving from San Jose, which was an accident because my cousin was coming from Idaho, so it was more convenient for him to go to San Jose. It was the most beautiful scenery ever. And it paralleled Bali, but it was exceeding it because it's mountainous, and they had more variety of, like, colors and plants. Now, so, that's yeah. a trip I've done. Many times. I've been to Costa Rica <laughs> about 20 times, and I've done that drive, and we've run a retreat in Nosara specifically, actually. Oh, dude. On this, I think it was called, like, Sunset Peak. It was, like, up on the mountain, so you could see the ocean. It was beautiful. So you surf. Yeah, <laughs> and we surfed on that retreat. That was one of the very few retreats where we actually surfed as a group. It's pretty challenging taking a group of people surfing. If they don't know what they're doing, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Especially when the waves are good, because uh, yeah. I want to surf when the waves yeah. are good. I always was telling people, I'd like, hey... I'll teach you how to surf, and I just paddle out and I'll be like, "Hey, I gotta take this wave." So I didn't do a good job teaching people how to surf. Yeah, that's it. Takes a special person to put their own <laughs> desires aside, especially when the waves are good. I mean, I don't know what kind of person it takes to do that. <laughs> I think it's possible in everyone. Um, and then you mentioned Idaho. Where in Idaho were you? Do you know salmon? Oh, maybe I'm I'm more I'm very familiar with Sun Valley and yeah, uh, Stan, so Stanley and exactly. So if you drive north of Sun Valley up to Stanley and Chalice, there is another town. The next town north, basically, just before going up to Missoula, Montana, is Salmon, and it's like four thousand people. So it's really not a big town at all. But my cousin grew up there because my uncles and aunt just want to kind of be off grid. And so when coronavirus hit, I was literally in I was in Nosara in uh, Santa Teresa, and I I wanted to stay really like bad because I was planning on moving there all this time and settling down. But once I got there, coronavirus hit, which was a great thing because it sent me to Encinitas. 
and ultimately led me to meet a lot of really cool people. But Idaho was a great place to just hang for three months when the world was freaking out. And you're in like, there was this Google Maps model or some data model of how coronavirus would spread based on just data and virus spread stuff. There were like, and it was over time. So the color would change and more of the country would be infected. And the county I was in and the county next to it in Montana were literally, was the only place in the entire country that never took a color on. It was like completely like 0% just because it's so low population and so isolated. So I was like, all right, I'm chilling. <laughs> like I have nothing to freak out at all. California's closed. And then as soon as it started getting normalized back in San Diego and they opened the beaches, I lucked out <laughs> like big time. What were you doing in this remote part of Epic Idaho? So, yeah, my cousin had to flee from coronavirus. We actually timed it perfectly. Like, he left on Wednesday, and then Thursday the government announced that all Americans should come home from abroad. So I just got on a plane two days later, and since he grew up in this tiny town, I just went back with him because they had elk and guns, and I was like, okay, I don't know how bad this is going to be, but you have elk in your freezer and you have guns. It's like, hmm, I'd rather... I'd like to be safe there. So, yeah, it was very interesting. <laughs> was that around March? Or yeah, it was April? March like when they, You mean when they declared the national emergency? Yeah, when they started When they declared the national stuff? emergency, I was interviewing my friend Naga, and that's on this podcast. Yeah. 13 years, almost to the minute, when she had a personal emergency. And it was just all the, I, all the, when I did that interview, after I did the interview, I'm like, okay. And then I left it for Georgia. I went to uh, rural Georgia. First, From I here? went to rural Texas first. And I was like, oh, this is still nuts. So I just went with my family in Georgia. And yeah, we were pretty much close to like ranchers. And That's so funny. <laughs> I spent, that? I stayed all the way until when I got back here on Mother's Day. What day epic, was Mother's Day? Epic. Uh, May 11th. May so I was there for about 50 that. days. I was there about in my, with my family with my daughter who was meeting my father for the first time for about 50 days. And it was epic. It was like all the retreats I've ever done up to that point had trained me for this moment. <laughs> yeah, and were you just totally chilling? Uh, no. Not, not to- at all? Not totally. No, no, not, 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 not at all. I was definitely a lot of chilling, but a lot of like growth with my family. Oh, I mean, cool. I, it was so fascinating, like coming fresh off a divorce and going the attempted divorce, <laughs> the attempted divorce, and then going home with my daughter who hasn't met my father and me remembering who I was before I ever got in this relationship, but also remembering who I'm becoming with my daughter and my father and it was just, and my mother and my sister and my brother and my sister's boyfriend who now they're engaged to and my brother's girlfriend who they're getting married on November wow. 15th. So it was like a beautiful 50-day true retreat with my family. Like, yeah, I also felt like, I was so blessed by the, the cultural crisis known as whatever date they declared that because of this this meme that's going around known Good as COVID. Um, COVID-19. <laughs> I just got to watch JP a few days ago here in Denver. And, and most of his comedy show was like almost like a church sermon about waking people up to the fear of what the media have, has expressed around this around yeah. this thing that they just keep changing the news about that <laughs> I mean, it's just like crazy that's what i first saw from him and i was immediately fascinated like before a friend sent me the video i told you about i had just seen the one about the people's responses to media and how they should believe if you you know believe everything you see and it was hilarious like totally got me 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that. And I'm, uh, so I would like to circle back, but maybe back to the C word from a safe distance, but to make it a, make it more of what it is, which I think is to keep something to keep a safe, safe distance from instead of being obsessed by the antics of the news and the media. Um, I would like to talk personally about you, and like, yeah. especially because I have this. Um, so our YouTube video failed. Uh, I guess that's sometimes what uh, happens no with the reception on a mountaintop, which I'll. I'll gladly exchange. Um, but if you're watching the video that we eventually put up here, I have this huge like ray of light just like all over my body. I almost look like an angel on the video. Yeah, dude, it's perfect. <laughs> so here I am definitely being affected by this. I am definitely being affected by this huge ray of light that is once again like just hitting my heart center very almost like suspiciously yeah, since that's your passion basically is this not what your passion is this about? is exactly happening? exactly what i'm passionate about so the first thing to introduce the conversation that i will attempt to do is ask you is that does that window open further the one outside it does indeed so that would be cool because basically one thing most people don't know is that when you put light through any filter like a window it changes the spectrum significantly and so that light will now not affect you as well as it would if the window was fully open and it was coming directly in. Okay, so in that, interesting. in that case, how does that carry over to sunglasses? And what I'm going to do while you answer that, I can hear you fine. So yeah, I'm going to no. change that window. See as you, if, you can open it, if you can open it enough that the light doesn't pass through it, it also isn't that bad if it is coming through the window. It's still in many ways beneficial. But, but maybe not as optimal. Not as optimal. But what about the screen? The screen doesn't change it because the holes on the screen are way bigger than nanometers of light. Basically. Okay, so tell us how this carries over to the concept of sunglasses because that's not the business you're in, correct? That is correct. And why not? That's a very good question. So I am of the opinion that sunglasses are actually very harmful to health because when you filter the light with a pair of sunglasses, it does a very similar thing like a window where it blocks out very important components of the spectrum and by blocking those components of the spectrum it no longer affects the body in a beneficial way that full spectrum unfiltered sunlight does and when i say full spectrum sunlight it basically just means all the light that comes from the sun filters it makes it through the earth's atmosphere which filters out most light which is a pretty amazing thing in and of itself and then hits us unfiltered it just goes from nature straight to us. As soon as you put it through like a man-made filter, which there aren't very many of in nature other than being in water and the air that's in the atmosphere, you could, you're really, it, it takes away the effects. So now you're just totally crushing it. I do feel a difference too. And it's interesting. Have you ever heard of uh, Dr. Kassar from mm -hmm. Earthshift? So that we, have, I don't know if you even know about the Rob Bras. No, <laughs> it is amazing how much I'm concept. like being so just blasted with light. During, I've never been so blasted with light during an interview than I am. Right <laughs> how now. do you like it? I, just feel. I love it. Is there something in my nose? That's, I must be, okay, I got it. All right, so this guy, he's radical. You got to look him up. Look at like Dr. Bizarre Rob Bras on YouTube if you're listening to this, and you'll see all kinds of the the craziest videos you've okay. ever seen about health and wellness. Yeah. And he casually just drops all kinds of things. Like I remember him looking at me and he's like, Oh, he looked at my blood. He like pinched my skin. And he's like, your blood's getting purple. And then he looked to go look at my eye. Like it was, which was a good thing. He's like, you know, he was talking about red blooded people. Like, 
and they ain't woke or something. <laughs> And then he looked at my eyes, and I don't know what what color are my eyes because you probably have a crazy uh, perspective. Oh, dude, right now, yeah, Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, so if I had to tell you straight, they're definitely between blue and green. Uh, I'd say more towards the green side, but honestly, here, wait, I gotta get closer, dude. It's like half blue, half green, (laughs) and the inside's like a yellowish ring, which is pretty cool. (laughs) Now that yellowish ring—that's interesting. I wonder what that could mean. Yeah, I've actually heard so. kind of girlfriend of mine is a very very solid acupuncturist so doctor of eastern medicine and she's worked with a lot of different people and learns a lot of these kinds of things from their ancient wisdom perspectives which is something that very much fascinates me i'd love to get into but that the yellow in the eye actually is linked to like really higher states of consciousness so you're in luck if (laughs) if that's what you got that's so fascinating, especially because I don't necessarily necessarily believe in luck in like the normal cultural way. Yeah, <laughs> and I hear you, and I, I totally well, luck of totally of love course. that luck. I love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's cool. Um, and so, anyways, this guy also about the eyes. He looks at our There's eyes. There's a lot we could, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, you got." He's like, "I'm." He's he's going for his rainbow eyes. And that's okay. why I'm. I feel affirmed by the colors oh, that you yeah, told yeah, me. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's because they totally used to be good. more predominantly brown at one point. Dude, that's a good thing. And I've I've done the same. I mean, you'd have to. I'd have to switch spots with you for you to see my eye color. Because I, I mean, me might be able to a little bit. But it's it was brown, and now it's like I think more green. So it's cool. I think the light and maybe consciousness related things also have. I know the light has a huge impact, but consciousness. Well, I'm down to take a look so. at it because you know I know the light's changing real quick, so I'd take a look at your eyes. Let's and I see. highly encourage anyone that's listening to this podcast. Wow, yeah, you've got it perfect to take coming a look through the at tree right now. You're going to sleep like eyes. a baby tonight. And the person's eyes that you're looking. I definitely see, what I see is it's a uh, yeah, it's a ye- orangish greenish yellowish. Hue around the pupil, maybe yeah, similar to how you described me, exactly but around it. the outside is more. Um, it's like a mix. It's almost like a mix, like a splash painting That's of dope. brown within this emerald green. Dude, I like that. <laughs> so yeah, all right, let's switch back. You get your light. We'll have to trade off, man. You're in the prime spot. <laughs> and I, I hear like everyone that um, is listening to this definitely check out. Breaking Normal, the book, if you're into the idea of eye gazing. That's a whole other topic. But it's fun to look at your friend's eyes, especially in the light, just to get the color of them. When well, you have so any opinions is, about that? Uh, dude, this is really fun stuff. I've been kind of keeping my mouth shut a little bit here. But basically, when this is fascinating that you're bringing these things up. The eye emits light. So basically, when you look at someone's eyes, people say the eye is the window to the soul. It is correct. The window, the eye is the window to the soul because our soul is this energetic system that runs throughout our body and governs our whole body. And a part of that is the light. It's basically what I call our inner light. And so one of the steps of what I call the light diet, the last step, step eight, is cultivating your inner light. So we take all this good light in, but we actually can manage that light by doing things basically living life in a way that's aligned like doing things we like being happy if you're chronically stressed our cells actually leak a lot more light and that's linked with diseases and so by taking the good light in and then doing things you're basically improving your soul as as i look at it and so when you look into someone's eyes or really any part of their body we're all emitting light but particularly the eyes 
you can see the quality of someone's soul, essentially, based on the amount of light they reflect. And so that's why eyes are so synonymous. When you look at someone's eyes and people see that your eyes literally sparkle, that's essentially what's going on. So it's something fascinating, and I learned about this through this neurosurgeon that introduced me to the concept of how light affects the body. He was part of this paleo diet community, but then kind of went his own way to educate about light specifically, and it was resented, <laughs> interestingly enough, for doing so by people who are focused on the, just the effects of food on the body exclusively. But uh, yeah, there's these textbooks. One's called uh, Light Shaping Life, Biophotons in Biology and Medicine, and it just talks about how the light in our body basically functions. It's pretty cool. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome topic. Um, raw optics. Was, can you tell me about that title? Yeah. And how, uh, how that relates to that. And before you do, if yeah. you're cool with it, I just got reactions since you looked in my eyes. How is the quality of the sparkle of my soul? I think pretty strong, dude. 100%. Like, there's a reason. I think there's a reason, for example, like with your what you're doing, your work, people resonate. Like, people, not, it's not always the case. Like, especially, I would say, probably in the, in the case of like, pop culture celebrities because uh, they've really worn themselves down but you know you're obviously doing things you're living a healthy lifestyle and so on so that's actually you can see that in person in general i mean sometimes people get really lucky and they don't live a healthy lifestyle and they still are just crushing it but in general people are outdoors they're in the sun they're doing activity and it correlates with the tan very closely like tans like a good tan which you definitely have is definitely related to how our body is functioning that's there's a lot of data on that and so i'm making the jump that it's related to the quality of our soul and the sparkle in our eyes i love that you mentioned the tan thing because as a rob rob we when we did the rob rob's video we would basically like go crazy about these taboo topics of health like getting in the sun naked or going into fully naked, dance yeah. in the rain, like in the rain, like when it rains, go outside and get in the so rain. So this is Rob Bra. Yeah, Rob Bra's on YouTube. Like R A R A W B R A H S. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. But some people referenced it as that. Mm-hmm. Actually, interestingly enough, um, and I, yeah, I remember us. I think for me myself, just celebrating. Like, look, if, for, when I lived in Encinitas, it was a ritual to go watch the sunset. And for mm-hmm. the last five to ten minutes. Sometimes I would casually converse and watch it, but sometimes I would just stare there and stare at it and ohm, mm-hmm. ohm, and like, and obviously something is going on for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to celebrate this topic with you for sure, but I also want to make sure I remember to understand the intention of calling your company Raw Optics. That's a really interesting point. Sunsets, watching sunsets is the practice of sun gazing, and that's an ancient Indian practice that was done, and it was known to the yogis and monks to increase levels of consciousness because the light, when you look directly into it, it's like a laser beam into your brain, and it charges the brain more directly than any other thing you can do practically because the light directly into the eye goes straight into the inner retina and it just goes right into our brain and specifically through, you know, this is stuff that you read in the textbook, but it's like the optic nerve hits the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is the, and that's in the hypothalamus. And this is the kind of center of our circadian rhythm, which is like right behind the eyes. And then 
really close to that is the pineal gland, which is also activated. So, or basically affected. If you have bright light, it affects the pineal glands, production of melatonin and other things significantly, which is interesting because guys like Joe Dispenza have outlined in their lectures about neuroscience, about how when you basically start pumping your cerebrospinal fluid up your spine, doing these like ancient kundalini locking and all these things, it actually causes the pineal to basically have really, really strong energy flow and make DMT in the body. And so by just sun gazing and activating that same system, we're really having a very interesting effect on our consciousness. It's pretty cool. Okay, so right before, uh, you, you may have seen me texting someone right when you got here because a few, uh, maybe not, good. I'm happy, I'm happy you've done it because I, I don't like doing that. I don't like texting in, in the presence of other people. Can we no, make that good. taboo? Can we make it yeah. taboo? To don't just like even look at your phone? Can't we just like start shaming people? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Just even look at Dude, their phone. I'm your number one fan if you <laughs> Yeah, let's do just that. do that. Let's just create, we're going to create a new taboo norm. Like if you look at your phone, that's almost like smoking in the presence of a baby. Yes. Well, you know, the EMF, the electromagnetic fields the phones put off, it's worse than smoking in the presence of a baby by a lot. Like, because that smoking, this is interesting too, smoking, when you smoke, it's bad for your lungs, really bad, but you can, your lungs turn over every 48 hours and you can manage pretty well doing so. But if you damage the systems in the body for repairing these things, which is what things like EMF from cell phones does, then you're really toast. So like it's, it's a huge issue. It's way worse than smoking, and it's going to come out as a big story in the next 20 years, like, uh, just like smoking did in the 90s. Yeah, I'll probably take a smoke to that, especially since I uh, <laughs> press recorded. Tw- I mean, that's 22 minutes and 22 seconds yeah. in, by the way. I was born at 2.22 a.m. And um, the, I, for myself, I do believe, like, I, my belief on this whole thing is sort of in the symbology of I still don't understand why the medical the medical symbol I think has a a caduce, is like a caduceus is two snakes going up a staff mm-hmm. but for like instance the ambulance symbol I think is one snake going up a staff mm-hmm. but I think what that represents to me either way I'm curious if you know any difference about that I'm still trying to figure that out but um what I, what I why I bring that up is because I think that symbolizes to me that the sometimes the medicines and the poison and the poisons in the dose and the, I do believe like smoking can be good for me in the sense that if I'm, especially when I'm praying around yeah. it and like sending a signal to totally the liminal. And I fully, <laughs> I, I know I said that pretty strongly, but it's actually probably not the worst thing in the world, truly. Well, and I'm curious, you know, I, it's, it's a seductive thing, like especially cannabis because then how I love how, the, how it goes with tobacco. Um, you know, I'm thinking about doing another month, like a moon cycle off, mm-hmm. and it's intimidating. They're, they are, like they are, in my, for myself, they have been so powerful. And at the same time, they're quite seductive to want to maybe use in a way that they're not as healthy as they used to be. Yeah, it's interesting. Definitely a lot of people, I mean, my friends in college, for example, they have a lot of people around them that use it in a very unhealthy way, like just all the time playing video games. And that's the indoor lifestyle that we're talking about. But using it in a way like you're saying, you know, in Ecuador, they would smoke tobacco before every and still do always throughout their ceremonies. And it was used and still is used to open the heart and your connection with God. And it's it's very powerful. So what what I like about what I've been learning is that it is focused on these repair systems in the body and the foundational energy system in the body. 
And if that works well, you can do these things like smoking. And it isn't the THC and the other things in cannabis that I would be so concerned about. It would just be the effect of smoke on the lungs. And so like, for example, vaporizing could be virtually harmless if, if that's um, the case. But again, I do believe you can still improve the basically repair systems and smoke anything really with some frequency, although there's hard drugs you wouldn't want to and function really well. Yeah, I would, you know, on the smoking topic, and I, I don't want to get too deep no, down right, right yeah. now, but um, my hunch for one thing is what people think when they're, because I've met people that are smoking, and they're just like, I just want to, they tell me they want to quit while they're smoking. And I'm just like, that doesn't seem healthy. <laughs> like, if you yeah. actually think you want to quit, and you're doing this, and you're telling me about it, that just doesn't seem like the healthiest practice. But then I've been around people that smoke and they, they like it's like a ritual or like a like a thing where they're like they're celebrating. It's like a it's like eating a steak yeah. or having a cup of coffee or having a cup of tea. It's, or, it's like they they and I'm like, I would like, it's different. It's just once again my it's kind of like diet. What I could what I eat for me today might not be good as good for me tomorrow or even a year from now it might be bad for me. When I'm eating with the optimal diet for me today, really might not be the optimal diet for you today. And it may never be the optimal diet for you today. And I find that all these topics, like sometimes these topics, because of like cultural propagandas and business being mixed with the health system, there's a, there becomes a huge placebo. There becomes a huge placebo about something. So and that I think that's the case for smoking. There's a lot of people that don't want to smoke, but they're smoking. I'm like, we got to get straight with what, who you are. What do you think? Do you, I mean, do you believe that there's, you have more than one entity inside of you that are fighting? Because that would be an interesting belief to dissect. Um, or maybe you want to smoke. It's as simple as that. And maybe there's a, maybe there's the healthiest way to smoke possible. And maybe that means doing it once in a while or maybe not at all for some people. Mm-hmm. And maybe it means that doing you know, you've got to find your rhythm with smoking and everything, and the, and the, I think that carries over to the um, blue light conversation because I've been in, in the biohacking world for so long. You know, I was I remember speaking with Dave at the biohacking conference at some panel of high performers. It was awesome, and I've been exposed to this. And the blue light industry is something that's obviously booming for good reason. I don't want anyone to think that like I I, I know I I just think that like. Oh man, maybe sometimes using if you're using your cell phone in a way that's very celebratory to you, maybe it's not bad for you. Possible. It's very possible. So six months ago, I would have said no chance because of basic physics and how the light works in our brain and stuff. However, since learning about these internal energetic systems, namely from Dr. Joe Dispenza, I'm starting to understand that by changing your beliefs, you can change a lot more than we think, which is really fascinating to me. And I went from first being, you know, having health issues growing up. I was struggling a lot with gut issues, allergies, and headaches. By the time I was 13, 14, I was really struggling. And so then I just started looking into solutions since like the whole Western system wasn't helping because it's basically this idea that like you have a gene that caused a problem and then you have a disease or a health issue or a chronic thing, and you can't change that unless you take a drug because you can't change your genes. But in reality, there's a researcher who's been studying mitochondrial genes for the last 70, or actually I should say about 40 years. And because our organism is 
based on mitochondria, like any complex life is based on uh, this symbiosis between two different bacteria. One was like a host cell basically, and the other became the energy producer. And we have for every one human cell, we have about a thousand mitochondria, our cellular engines. So that means if you have a, about, say about a 50 trillion cells or 100 in the average human, it's 50 to 100, it's a pretty big jump, but that's what their estimates are. The number of mitochondria is a thousand times that. So it's quite a lot. And the quality of their function basically determines how well we work. And this was a very new concept for me to be introduced to. Um, just as I was going through this research, I first started with diet and trying to solve my problems with that and ended up like, I went through like a whole eating disorder and binge cycle because I would go so strict and restrictive trying to heal with just food. And I ended up just like craving things that weren't good for me and having a really hard time resisting and not understanding that there are external factors in the environment that affect the body so significantly. And we can just improve them by going outside more essentially. And so that blew my mind, this new whole concept. And uh, it was really, really powerful to, you know, improve health with food and then learn about the benefits of light and this mitochondrial system that we have going on in our body and start utilizing it to basically improve my health. So if our mitochondria, which again, we have so many of, aren't working well, the most energy demanding systems in our body, such as our brain, our heart, our liver, and other things start to decline really quickly. So the researcher I mentioned, Dr. Wallace, basically found that even though they spent 98% of the budget studying our genes to understand the cause of diseases and saying that it's got to be genetic, he found that the mitochondrial genes, since they come from a different organism, they have their own set of genes. The mitochondrial genes are much more quickly damaged and mutated. And so, for example, in a female, this can happen in her eggs while she's alive because every woman carries all her eggs from birth for her, all her kids. So if a woman's like putting an iPad on her belly or disrupting her circadian rhythm constantly, those eggs that also have to remain alive in her uterus basically have a big issue. And so babies can be born. This is why so many babies are born with autism, uh, things like autism, again, autism, I'm repeating myself there, and as well as childhood obesity and other diseases like childhood cancer. So that's a really big issue or just miscarriages are very common. Uh, that's, you know, very, very poor egg function. But then in the same way, when it happens within one's lifetime and our energy abilities basically decline, our energy production systems decline, we can actually get like cancer, obesity, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, and even more simple, low-level chronic things like I had gut issues, allergies, headaches, food allergies, and so on. So it was a really, really cool journey. And then once I learned about you know, light, it just led further and further. And eventually now it's this whole energy system that Joe Dispenza has basically opened my eyes to. And by changing our beliefs back to the point of you know, smoking or using your iPhone, if you really do have such a positive belief and you're like just going at things with this energy, you're not locked up by, you know, we call these things like fear and stress and worry. That, those are just basically names for energy drains that are common to people. And if, you, if we can figure out how to let go of those, however hard it may be, I do think people can do really well doing almost anything.
Yeah, thanks for exploring that. Did you? I don't think I ever heard though about the origin and or the intention of the name of raw optics. We have not. I think that's a great subject to touch on. So, are you familiar with who, who raw is or what raw is? Somewhat, I, but let's just pretend that someone's listening <laughs> that has no idea. Totally, I'll grab my fun box as we as we do that. Yeah. So raw is the name for the Egyptian god of sunlight, medicine, and healing, and also the chief of all the gods. So the Egyptians, as people might know, were a very intuitive, connected society, at least in many ways, such that they built the pyramids, which are something that, as again, many people know, are basically something that could not be built today, no matter what you did. Like you could have some of the most advanced technology workforce you basically would need a ton of slaves probably but even then they it'd be something we can hardly replicate today and they built that 5,000 years ago with you know star and moon technology perfectly aligned it's pretty cool stuff to think about how evolved humans were before now and yet we think we're the most evolved we ever were and I believe it has to do with people being so much more connected to again this energy supply from nature but so what is the theoretical time? Do you know the theoretical time when the pyramids were built? It was 5,000 years ago, so it was about 3,000 BC, I okay. believe, because Egypt was one of the first societies to develop, and so they're very old, like, again, three, three-ish thousand years ago. Yeah, I've gotten a new itch for history with this bison project. Oh, yeah. Because following the history of the bison, whoa. History is my favorite subject, Man, for sure. I used to be so, like... I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't my time. When I was a kid, I was just, no. I guess the way, it, I think it was partly the way it was taught. Probably, I had yeah. a wall up. You know, school isn't exactly <laughs> the best thing for a developing brain. I would say it's probably one of the worst things. But. Oh, I, I don't know if I told you, but I recently threw up a TikTok account under my name, Daniel Eisenman, and the video I just uploaded today was called The Domestication of Education. Dude. So I, man. man, man, jeez. I have not been on TikTok really yet. Gary Vee would just, not be proud. Yeah, I did it. Maybe I think Gary Vee has partly has something to do with that. I was like, how long can yeah, I hear dude. such a smart guy scream something? <laughs> I you know, it's so funny. So he I just started really doing genius. uploading old videos, and yeah, it was awesome. I just like noticed yesterday I had my my account had one hundred eleven thousand point one or one hundred eleven point one thousand likes. And I was like, yeah, that's I like, legendary. I like those numbers. That's a legend. <laughs> Good man. So yeah, TikTok's very active right now, but it goes back to. You know, we'll, we'll hit the name of Rob. But it goes <laughs> yeah. back to the issue of people spending so much time on their phones, not intentionally. You know, like if you're if you're consuming good content, then I think it's amazing. But most content isn't good content. It's like the Kardashians. You Did know? you watch the Social Dilemma yet? On the no, I haven't. Good job, good job, guys. Good job. That's a good movie. I would recommend it. I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah. it really highlights the situation that we're facing and the war that we are in for attention as the common population is the product that these advertisers are buying from these social media sites and beyond that are literally meant to be as addictive as anything has ever been. Yeah. I mean, it's a very fascinating time right now. Yeah, very, very interesting time. So Ra was the chief, like the the Egyptians named the forces of nature this mitochondrial researcher who i mentioned who basically has shifted the paradigm in western medicine or is shifting from 
paradigm of genetic disease to the paradigm of mitochondrial disease, which is, it is very accurate. The research is unbelievable. But That's I got a good to, way to paraphrase it. So what you're, you're saying what you're into and what this guy that you're referencing is into is shifting the paradigm from a genetic issue to a mitochondrial that's one. That's exactly the correct way of explaining it. And mitochondria it. being that there's roughly a thousand mitochondria in each human cell? Yes. So the, if you think of it this way, the amount of time that a nucleus in a cell lives is a lot longer than a mitochondria is, is living because the nucleus in the cell, like this, the mitochondria within one cell can turn over within the lifetime of a single cell. And people even know like a single cell in your lungs might only live for 48 hours. You know, in your gut, it might be for 24 to 48 hours as well. In the skin, the cells don't live very long either. That's fascinating. I don't know all those stats. That yeah, seems like a pretty Nerve cells live a lot longer, like forever. Yeah, so nerve cells live basically forever, which is one of the reasons they're so important and focused on. And it's very, very powerful um, when we start to talk about things like this. Basically... It is, it's purely a shift from genetic to mitochondrial disease because when the mitochondria aren't able to produce that energy the way that they're designed to, t tissues start malfunctioning. And the best way to make your mitochondria stop, stop, uh, stop working well and start failing, it, one of them slowly and insidiously, the best way is to take cyanide. So if you really want to hurt yourself, you take cyanide, and it stops the flow of electrons across our engines, and so you die in instance. So cyanide is very powerful. So I wouldn't recommend that to anyone because that's. Have you heard of strychnine? Strychnine. No, I haven't. Anyways, go, go ahead with your. No, so cyanide is the, the the thing that people would hold in their tablets in the world wars, and they would bite that if they got caught because mm. it would kill them immediately. Mm. It might be very painful. I I couldn't know, but yeah. So uh, cyanide is is something that. Damages the you could if you believed in like past lives or something. Potentially, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you do. That's a good point, actually. I do. I, I'm totally interested in that. It's something that could fit the paradigm. I just haven't quite figured out how it fits. <laughs> yeah. But it's that's one thing I'm missing an answer to. But the rest of it, it kind of comes together nicely. There's an interesting book called Journey of Souls. Have you heard of that one? No. If you but like Doctor Dispenza, you're gonna love that. I'm gonna one. start a note list. I'm not. On my phone, I'm on airplane mode, so I can't communicate with the outside world. But I need to take some notes because you're mentioning too much good stuff. I'll also rewatch this video and audio, but uh, at some point. But so, journey of souls. Yeah, that's a and for I mean, I'm hey anyone that's listening to this, like let's let's continue the conversation. I've made so many friends from people like leaving a comment or a review or just giving some sort of feedback or a feed forward. So whatever you're getting out of this podcast, or if you know something about past lives or journey of the souls or any other recommendations or insights or disagreements, leave them on the Apple iTunes review section. That's allegedly the most reverent to the gods of the internet. I don't know if you have a podcast. It yourself, is correct. Yes. But allegedly that's very helpful. Allegedly. I love that word. <laughs> Apparently it's very helpful to perpetuate the message of breaking normal, which I think is very important to, especially some, some sense, since some people are waiting for a new normal, yeah, on. all things normal must come to an end. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I love it. I think people should definitely comment because yeah, I I don't have a podcast myself yet, but I'm launching one probably in the next month. It's called the Light Diet Podcast. It's basically what I'm focused on, and so it's we'll be going into these subjects in depth, and I'll be interviewing you and folks like you, asking great questions like these to learn more things and share it with everyone. 
So I'm <laughs> stoked for that. And um, on the topic of uh, smoking, I'm going to take a toke here. And, you know, if you want to, you can. Appreciate the it. video, um, uh, that won't be on video. I don't like to show myself smoking. No, I wouldn't. I think it gives the wrong impression. Yeah. Federally reason, illegal I love for Snoop Dogg. <laughs> he's, the, he's the one guy that shows them my dreams more than any other celebrity <laughs> that I haven't met. That's so funny. I, like, I do think there's an edge for someone that can like handle the uh, copious amounts of weed. They have some sort of advantage. Yeah. But I'm not sure if it's worth it. I'm not promoting uh, that. I'm yeah. not promoting that. So uh, also like Elon Musk, he's one of the few who's like toked on camera. Like how bold of a move is that for a hey, bajillionaire? I'm, I might do. Uh, maybe I, I probably kind of have. You could, someone could probably find something. Yeah. But I'm not, I haven't done it in a podcast but, like on camera. Like here I am smoking, he, kids. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> there's something about it. That just doesn't. I mean, there is a, there is a video being made right now. I just don't think it's going public. Yeah, of this course. Part. If you don't put it on YouTube, of course you can edit it. Which is part, very but. paradoxical because I aim to live my life in such a transparent way. But I think something about a video like that might give off an untruthful impression. That's the wildest part. That's the wild, yeah. That's the most paradoxical part about speaking, in my opinion. I don't know if someone can say anything that's true. It's more like our words can get very close to pointing to the truth. But to aim to capture... This dynamic experience of me being this nervous system and beyond and this vast universe and this blimp in time and space and whatever else is going on back there. I think I can describe it in the broken system of a language that some other human no smarter than me or you came up with. It seems radical. To me, it seems like, oh, these are different signs. So I kind of think that everything anyone says yeah. is a lie. That's a really good way to think. <laughs> That's almost my stance on our honesty at this point. No, it's a great question because, like, we think we can speak truth on the planet Earth relative to what we think we understand, but really it's all I think. I think it's like I think statements are powerful, but I, I know statements are very, very questionable. And it's cool that we can point to things that we can see and visualize and name them, but, like, the amount of the electromagnetic spectrum that we can't see is, like, basically uh, 90 eight percent of it or 99 percent of it we don't even have names for the things that we don't even know about so like you said there's so much going on in the background that's just we, you're totally on point i mean we don't know what we're saying in reality except to refer to the small portion of reality that we are aware of whatever reality means which i'm not sure of <laughs> i'm so happy that i smoked during you speaking about that because i am having a complete light show um, it's pretty I, cool. So I, I would yeah, never actually. smoke in this room without a fan on, but I decided to break normal. I uh, usually just my man. Right I'm out. gonna break normal. But I'm like, forward. oh my goodness, what are you? What is what is going on? Yeah, that's a great you, I would question. love to know your so, description as I put more, um, more physicality in the air. So, yeah, and you're welcome to have some if you want. Thank you. Too. Yeah, I'll, I'll try a little bit. So, uh, smoke is this is a great great thing to bring up. I love that you ask these questions. Because I like answering them. So when you have a fire, it's the combustion reaction, which anyone from like physics could remember in high school or college. But in combustion, you basically take a hydrogen fuel source and you strip the hydrogens off of the fuel source. And then you allow them in doing so to bind with free oxygen in the air. Because if you have a cover over, over a candle, it won't light. So you need the free oxygen in the air to react with that hydrogen. And that makes water because hydrogen and oxygen make water. 
and then that water evaporates because there's a ton of energy released in this reaction and so the water evaporates and that makes smoke and at the same time that water or i should say yeah that's what happens in combustion but that energy that causes the water to evaporate also acts as the subsequent spark because all fire takes a spark to start initiating the hydrogens to break free but the reason it continues to perpetuate is because it's an exothermic reaction it releases energy and my understanding, are you talking about like vapor, water vapor, or are you talking about like something burning? Like Anything burning, it makes water. So okay. even if it isn't soaked with water, the reaction of the hydrogen, which is in the cellulose, which makes up that weed or cannabis, <laughs> is being stripped off the carbon backbone of the cellulose, and it's reacting with free oxygen in the air, which makes water. So like if you light a tank of gasoline on fire in open air, you will die because it makes – because the – the gasoline, in the gasoline, the carbons or the hydrogens are so easy to break apart. So one single spark is enough to cause an entire tub of gas to go up in flames. And so that amount of energy and water that's made in that moment is tremendous. And it's enough to, you know, hit you like a, a truck going 100 miles an hour. But in the weed, the, the hydrogens are more tightly bound. And so basically it requires a bit more energy to get it going. But it'll make another fire and it'll keep perpetuating because the more hydrogens that break free and react with oxygen, the more energy is released to cause more hydrogens to break free to react with oxygen. So that's like why the wildfires can spread so easily. Because once they get big enough, the reaction's going and it'll consume all the fuel that's available. It's very, very cool. But so the cool thing about that, in addition to how cool the room looks, is that the mitochondria in our cells do the exact same thing as fire. So I'm glad you asked a fire question because that's one of my favorite things to talk about when the mitochondria are conducting the process of energy production, we are doing two things that a fire does. We're inhaling oxygen, which a fire does, and we're consuming hydrogen fuel, which a fire does. We consume hydrogen fuel known as food, and it basically allows us to live at a complex level. It's really cool. The food isn't all we require. Like We could be solar-based, especially if we're more simple organisms, but the food allows us to get more complex. But the light energy is ultimately what we started with, what we still need, what we uh, get from the food. And light energy from the sun, which is a really cool factoid, is basically like a multivitamin based on the data. We get vitamin D. We get improvements in our nitric oxide function in our body. We get improvements in our mitochondrial energy production, which is what we're talking about. So sunlight literally charges us up. You don't want to get too much if your skin's lighter and you burn which I do, and you might if you get too much. But we want to get that healthy dose because it's literally a multivitamin. makes all these things in our body work well. So that's when it goes to that mitochondrial story. It's this indoor light that doesn't contain that full spectrum of nutrients. It's, very, it's isolated pieces is what comes from a screen. And so that causes our cellular engines, our mitochondria, as well as other things, but especially our mitochondria, to not work as well. And so in that process, it's like a if you have a fire where there's not a bunch of extra water, it'll generally burn pretty clean and not make a lot of smoke. But if there's extra water, then it'll be smoky in, in a slightly different way, but kind of similar. If our energy production systems are deprived of their optimal efficiency, our mitochondria make smoke called reactive oxygen species, which is basically like a free radical molecule. And that's essentially what happens when we're exposed to artificial light so it's it's we're burning things inside of ourselves, and when you have the full spectrum you have all of the the best way to compare it is to a car and the car's spark plugs so basically light 
coming into the mitochondria charges up and optimizes our engines, spark plugs allow an engine to function normally. And I'm not the biggest expert on engines, but I know a bit, you might know a bit as well. But so the spark plugs are ignited by the ignition system, which has to be well-timed to cause all the gas and oxygen within each piston to fire and sink. And so it's like a computer system almost that's controlling these spark plugs and then causing the gas to fire. But spark plugs themselves can wear out. So one thing would be if you mess up the computer, which is what we do when we disrupt our sleep, it actually causes our systems of timing to be off. And that's really, really horrible. And that's one thing that the light diet addresses is basically fixing that with the first two steps of the light diet, which are sleep with the sun and wake with the sun, aka wear blue blockers after the sun goes down, watch the sunset, and then sleep with the sun shortly thereafter, but wear blue blockers until you go to sleep to protect yourself from man-made light, and then wake up in the morning, sun gaze, and then be outdoors basically throughout the day. But we don't want light diet. Smoke. Is this like a book coming up? Not yet. Uh, I should really write it into a book. Okay, it's like a like a meme of it's sorts. It's essentially a meme right now. Yeah, the light it's diet. Good. I have the Instagram and the domain, so oh, I nice. kind of got it. Lightdiet.com. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. It cost the so Robdix.com cost about a lot more than it's like fifty times more. The Lightdiet.com was like seventy bucks, and Robdix.com was quite a lot more than that, several thousand dollars. But still, it was not that insanely priced. But uh, yeah. It's really interesting <laughs> that the lightdiet.com is available. I have a bit of a cough in my throat. I wonder if it's from the smoke. <laughs> no big deal. But so how so does that kind of I know you had a question and I kind of went a little far. The the engines get more smoky, our engines, and that's free radicals, which you're definitely familiar with, when we're exposed to artificial light without the infrared and infrared of the full spectrum, because that powers and I was talking about where I got a little lost was about the spark plugs of an engine. We fix our timing with our circadian rhythm. So like the computer that causes the spark plugs in an engine to fire. But if they're off for long enough, the spark plugs actually can wear out and they'll wear out anyway over time. But basically, if your car's spark plugs were worn out and you wanted to have a better car, you might think because you didn't know the spark plugs were worn out, you might go and say, ah, I should fill up with premium gas because my engine isn't working properly. You know, it's blowing black smoke. Now that would be a very poor way to handle the situation, but that might be something you might think if you don't know a lot about how the system works. And so you would go put premium gas in your car and then you drive off the gas parking lot and potentially still have the same problem you had before because you thought it was about the fuel, but it really isn't about the fuel. You would then go to a mechanic who could understand things a bit better and maybe look deeper under the hood and see if something's wrong in the engine. He would say naturally, because we've already established this, the spark plugs in that car are worn down and you need to replace them. So you would do that and then you could go back to regular gas and still function optimally, even better than you were when you were doing premium gas with bad spark plugs. And so when people are saying that food is the cause of the modern chronic diseases we're facing today, it's like saying that bad gas is the cause of broken, worn down spark plugs. It's really not. It could potentially contribute a bit, but it's not the primary cause. And so when people are saying you should do this diet and this is going to get you healthy, if you're still living an indoor lifestyle, 
it really doesn't matter that much what diet you're eating because the engines are still going to be trashed no matter what because that's what light does to us if we have too much artificial light at night without blue light protection for example and not enough sunlight during the day so that's really where the whole story connects like the mitochondria and this whole mitochondrial disease thing so we live this indoor lifestyle our mitochondria are basically failing and then the systems in the body that require a certain amount of energy to function at a certain level of complexity that they've evolved to no longer have that energy so they basically fail it's like if you have a government with a big tax base and then it's cut in half all the programs infrastructure and all that stuff that's happening at a hundred trillion dollars would have to be cut basically in half so like in the body the first systems that fall are generally the ones that are the most complex and demand the most energy because they're not as essential for basic survival like the heartbeat for example so the thing that's a shame about that is the system in the body for us that's the most complex and high level is our prefrontal cortex of the brain which is what allows us to have like these dreams and ambitions and like thinking and planning now of course it that can if it's overactive it can take away from our experience of reality because a lot of people are only in their prefrontal cortex and totally sympathetic but if the mitochondria get damaged you're going to have brain issues like babies born with bad mitochondria have autism for example and that kind of thing um so it really is a cool shift from genetic to mitochondrial because it explains autism it explains childhood cancer it explains childhood obesity it is and because the mother's mitochondria are damaged because of her lifestyle at, and or where her mother came from because we inherit our mitochondria maternally so like we are more we are about significantly more our mothers than we are our fathers and people think we're actually 50 50 but we're not our mitochondria make about 30 percent of our weight because they're filled with water so it's still we're still mostly water but they make up 30 percent of our weight because there's about a thousand per cell so they're most of the volume of every cell um, based on some data that i've seen it's about 30 percent of our weight but um they yeah so they make all of our energy they're like an essential piece of who we are so we inherit these mitochondria through our mom. So when you're looking at the disease charts for mitochondrial diseases, they follow maternal lineage. So people say like, oh, heart disease runs in our family. Well, kind of today, heart disease runs in everyone's family. And so does cancer and so does autoimmune diseases. Most people have a relative who has died of one of these things. And it's basically a progressive mitochondrial decline. It's not like a genetic, it's mitochondrially genetic, but not nuclear genetic. So it, it's caused by our environment far more than we would imagine. Well, you're mentioning these eight tiers of the light diet, and I'm imagining this carries over to our mitochondrial function. Yes. Is there a way we can get the uh, <laughs> yeah. like the appendix version of that? Like yeah, the of bullet course. points that, of that? That's literally all that exists right now. I've, I've written in my head an appendix and like an intro, possibly. But uh, I've done a lot of podcasts. To transcribe them would be just genius to do that. But uh, basically, the light diet is, in my experience, the way to improve these issues quite substantially because in addition to eating a healthier diet we have to really get the maximal effect you know to just as you need to change the spark plugs to fix the car with those problems not necessarily change the gas we can change the function of our spark plugs which are basically our mitochondria and how well they work and cause them to work better and then not even necessarily have to be as strict on our diet you know there are people they say when you're young they're like you have a fast metabolism that means good mitochondria and when you're older you have a slow metabolism so you don't burn through as much you have just less lowered mitochondrial function because when you age 
the reason they say that we age is because the mitochondria decline and so they can't maintain forever along with other systems in the body but mainly because the mitochondria decline we age and we pass which is you know probably good for evolutionary purposes in some to some degree but like our purpose basically is out of purpose on average at that point if someone had really strong purpose they might be able to live significantly longer but so when it comes to the light diet there are Eight steps. Do you want to go through each of them? Yeah, like the kind of the bullet point versions. Uh, we're at, yeah, we're getting approaching the hour here. So. Okay, cool, totally. Well, it's pretty simple. The first two steps we went through a little bit, and it's basically just sleep with the sun and wake with the sun. So simple things to set your circadian rhythm, which is like getting the computer system in the car dialed so that spark plugs can fire in proper unison. And... That's great. Step two, again, wake with the sun as opposed to sleep with the sun. You're able to set your circadian rhythm by getting the light directly through your eyes. So if you watch the sunset every day and you add sun gazing in the morning, very powerful. I can, all right, I totally resonate with this. And it's funny, one of the things that for the breaking normal appendix, the top 10 hacks for breaking normal, one of them is to wake up without an alarm. Boom. And so I'm curious, do you follow this protocol, the first two steps, and do you do it with or without an alarm? Great question. So I currently follow this approach for the most part. I'd like to do more, but I'm making excuses now just to be very transparent. I sometimes have been staying up late. And so when you stay up late, I've deemed for myself that I'd rather get the extra sleep and miss watching the sunrise you know, if I'm only going to, if it's versus getting five hours sleep and getting a sunrise, but sleeping longer. And so that's been a big question of mine because, you know, naturally you're going to stay up late sometimes. And some people who I've spoken with who are the, the true experts in the field actually argue that it is better to wake up without an, or not, not without an alarm, but with an alarm to watch the sunrise early and then take a nap in the middle of the day to recharge. But just to keep the circadian rhythm going, because it literally is like a symphony that even if you're asleep, the symphony is still going. And so if you have a disrupted circadian rhythm and you get the sunrise, even if your sleep is slower, it's resetting the timing. And if you get another nap, you're good. So it's really interesting. I, I feel like I would sleep longer. And so that's why oftentimes I'm not up at sunrise. Probably I'd say four to five days a week, I'm up at sunrise watching it. But since I've recently kind of connected with a lady friend, I am staying up later. And so... That's just how things go sometimes. <laughs> That's nice to hear. Yeah, I uh, I remember last year around this time when the days started getting quite shorter, um, maybe like a, a month or so from now, it's like the sun's setting like at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. Yeah. and it's like rising at like 7 a.m. or 6 to 7 a.m. Yeah. I was watching a lot of sunrises, and man, that's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. very powerful practice. So, and again, that's the same sun gazing as we mentioned earlier that strengthens the pineal gland and they've known in the East elevates consciousness. So I've also had like a friend, that's, um, one of my old roommates who's an ophthalmologist now being high and he's actually Indian, funny enough, being highly against sun gazing. Really? Well, yeah, ophthalmologists and optometrists, I believe that's an industry just like Western medicine that has it wrong because they have a business base like we very good premonition of the conversation was eyesight damage. And that's an area of particular interest to me because the eyes, especially the areas involved in seeing, have some of the highest mitochondrial density in the entire body because the eye requires so much energy. 
the retina is the single most oxygen consuming tissue for its size in the entire body. And so basically the first thing you would expect in, in this uh, indoor lifestyle that we're living, which damages our mitochondrial function, would be a big decline in eyesight. And that's exactly what we see. All the people living in, like, for especially in Asia, but also in the U.S. But, uh, yeah, so eyesight's one of the main diseases today because, like, poor eyesight, because the, mitochond- the eye is so high in mitochondria. And all the screens we're looking at are literally destroying it directly. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah, and, you know, so my main, one of my main things, and it'll be fun to juggle around here in these last 10 minutes but uh it's like the languaging so you know when we say we i I understand you're speaking about like we in the present tense we're speaking about the collective um and for myself and you i trust this is not the case and at the same time i have heard that like in i think it was like in korea these kids that are on screens at like elementary levels that there's like this absurd levels of myopia where their eyes are literally just their eyeballs are getting too big. And so I totally believe in addressing. I'm not trying to be in denial of what's going on. I also don't want to own any issues for myself. But for addressing the collective, yeah, I think the screen thing is a serious situation. It is a very and serious. And so many dimensions. Not even like literally to our eyes that what we're talking about. And also on so many different levels, which that movie I alluded to earlier, um, Social Dilemma addresses quite well. That Social Dilemma is going on the long list. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, documentary. They did a great job with that. Like I said, good job, y'all. So social did we hear dilemma. two? Yeah, so we spoke <laughs> Social Dilemma. So we heard two. That's resetting the circadian rhythm for everything to function properly. I don't like being on my phone, but for this, I'm stoked <laughs> to get that written. Uh, I, I usually bring around actually a paper and pencil, like a little pocket notebook. I think that's one of the best things people can do to move phone dependency out. I mean, I, I think wearing a wristwatch and using a little pen and paper is so great because it's capture and it's like time, which are two of the main things for a phone. Just you have these ideas. I want to reach out to this person. I want to do this. And you do it immediately. But if what if you just lived in the moment, you know, like and did your thing. But uh, to your point, so the third step of the light diet is to live outdoors during the day. And so basically the reason this is important is it's a continuation of setting your circadian rhythm. You set your circadian rhythm for the timing to be right, but then our body can also benefit from direct charging from the sun. So it's like you set the timer, but then you still want to charge up. And so going out in the sun and actually being in the sun throughout the morning hours is really beneficial. Uh, And then once it gets later, say eight or nine, usually people can tell from the heat, but basically... um, She's shaking. (laughs) Basically, you can tell from the heat when you've gotten enough sun, generally speaking. And so you'd want to be in the shade for most of the midday, a little dose in the middle of the day, whether for some people it might be 10 minutes, depending on the time of year, or even five. But for some people, it could be hours in the middle of the day, just depending on what you really need. That's also tremendously beneficial because that's when we make our most vitamin D. And so we're very intelligently designed to get enough well, sunrise and sunset, even if we're just outdoors and not looking straight at it, that just furthers the effect. But being out and, you know, if you lived in nature, like anytime you've gone camping, you see the sunrise a lot of the time. So it's just almost natural that you look at it if you're outdoors, which is we were throughout history. But then when you get into the charging, we want to just optimize our mitochondria and get all that juice, which we make vitamin D, we improve our energy production systems. So doing that's really powerful, and that's step three. And basically, that's hard for a lot of people who work in an office. So I tell people, like, if you can just go out for five minutes every hour, 
and just look at the sun, no sunglasses, not directly, but let it hit your eyes and your face and even your skin if possible, great. But if you work from home and everyone does now in COVID, so there are no excuses, COVID set this whole like diet up for mega success. So people can now all go outside in the middle of the day and work from home and work out on your patio or work with your window open. And that's the best way to do it. So that's step three. Step four is, and if you have any questions throughout this, feel free to say anything. But step four of the light diet is basically to get, uh, drink cold water or clean spring water, especially, but good water from nature. So it doesn't have to be cold necessarily, but something coming from like the Rockies out here or from a mountain range is the best water. And you don't want, cause you know, they put fluoride and chloride and all that stuff in city water. And it's such a big part of our body that absorbs light that if it's diluted with these chemicals, it can be very problematic for us. Oh yeah, that's definitely one of the, that might be like the number one or two hack for breaking normal. Yeah. Basically. I'll, maybe I'll include the appendix of the book, the audiobook after the end of this podcast mm-hmm. as a little teaser. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really, I think it's a good thing to have for people. Um, so yeah, that, that's a really important thing because the water is just critical for us and everyone knows that. But so clean water is great. It's easy to get. You can get spring water delivery services. Uh, so step five is to eat a local seasonal diet. And so this is focused on the fuel and the food we're consuming. But basically, you know, if the whole idea of the paleo diet is eating more like our ancestors, but I don't necessarily think we have to do that. You know, there's a lot of people talking about being a carnivore and avoiding all the lectins and foods and not eating any plants because plant food has these natural protective systems. They are harmful to the body, but only really harmful if your body's natural detox systems which is based on this fundamental energetic system of our mitochondria. They're only damaging if you have issues in your system of, of the mitochondria. So, you know, like people can handle some plant foods and uh, the carnivore diet just makes sense because meat, organ meats and, and particularly shellfish is very nutrient dense. And I, I mean, I hear what you said, that the plant material is harmful. Mm. I and mean, that's bold. I don't know that. I well, so totally I, agree with oh, that. Oh, no, it's fine. I mean, uh, so... Uh, just there's a are you familiar with the carnivore diet a, lot a little bit yeah, yeah so i'm familiar with all kinds of diets i was yeah. once a raw vegan yeah for a while that was my original like debut on social media through youtube yeah and uh, that worked really well as a cleanse i wouldn't recommend it for much more than that mm-hmm. yeah well so i don't necessarily agree that this is the case but what some of the proponents of the carnivore diet and these other diets say and believe based on some data that's out there, although it might not be the, the best data or maybe it's great, but either way, the plants have ways to protect themselves from predators because they're not able to move. But animals, we don't as much because we move. And so our body is able to handle these, you know, plant toxins. Like um, almonds, you know, in nature were poisonous. They had a lot of the cyanide we talked about earlier. So like we bred that out, but plants have these things that aren't necessarily good for animals. Whereas animals are much more compatible in a sense. But still, if, someone's a, if someone can't do anything but be carnivore without getting a big autoimmune flare, which is what is happening, you have a lot more wrong than just your diet. Like your en- mitochondria, the cellular engines are failing big time. And so the immune system freaks out at anything that isn't beef, water, and salt, which is like the core of the carnivore diet. So I do think it's much more mitochondrial issue. And people who are pushing this just have really, really damaged, might, potentially damaged mitochondrial function in some ways. Yeah, I might also, I, I don't know, I haven't like literally read the, what, Paul's book, 
carnivore code. Yeah, I mean, we have like mutual friends. I have not met him, but uh, or read his book. But just the uh, my personal beef is with the beef, like just the fact that I don't know. That's part of my whole project with tribe vitamins is getting people to shift the idea of consuming. What what kind of meat are we consuming? Just like what kind of just like everything else, what kind of fruits and vegetables? Mm-hmm. I like the wild. I like the wild. Someone just told me about a book about wild terrian. <laughs> I haven't read that one, but I'm like I, that's how I kind of lean towards it. For herbs, yeah, for all, for all. Like if if something can sort of thrive on its own without human domestication, that's probably what I would rather eat. Have you heard of Daniel Vitalis? Yeah, yeah, I so know Daniel. Is, I <laughs> would imagine that he is like a main proponent of that. Yeah, he's great. Oh, I love. Yeah, actually, of all the podcasts I've ever listened to. I would imagine some of my favorite has been his. Yeah. I haven't listened to him in a while, but I do like his podcast and him. Yeah. Very, very smart guy. But uh, so, you know, to your point, wild stuff is supreme. And it's connected to sunlight. You know, it's not tainted by the things we're putting into the, the food supply, which we are. Like irrigated water instead of rainwater and a ton of chemicals. It's a big issue. Yep. All right. So, what uh, last few? Last we're, few. We're we'll knock them out. The hour eleven. Hour here. eleven. <laughs> well, so it's really the most important are setting your circadian rhythm and getting outdoors during the day. So all the other steps: the water, the diet. The next is to use cold exposure, like Wim Hof. But we can save that for another day. Yeah, well, we've, I t- that's a constant, constant exactly. theme here. So. You do that, and then avoiding man-made EMF is a whole other conversation, like Bluetooth, Wi-Fi. Not living in a middle downtown of a city. It, it is very damaging that's step seven um and then step eight is the one that's really important for me which is going full circle back to where we started and i rarely start on step eight but it should probably become step number one is uh cultivate your inner light so like no matter what we do and i've learned this through my personal experience i was doing a lot of these things right from the external light perspective but i was chronically stressed because of you know patterns from my childhood and things i believe that weren't true and so I've been doing the you know work, especially with someone like Joe Dispenza, to try to undo those patterns. And basically, it's been really, really interesting. It add it caused me to add this step, you know, cultivate your inner light, which is like making the quality of the light inside higher to the extent that we possibly can, and then getting the light from outside, which also helps to fuel the system. Which is why surfing is the best sport, in my opinion, from a physical, biophysical perspective. Because we're in cold water, which is cooling our skin, which allows us to assimilate more light, which is supercharging our body. You combine that with the adrenaline of moving like 70 miles an hour on a little board where all the light's sparkling and reflecting and getting your adrenaline pumping. It is just the greatest high that the human brain could possibly experience, maybe even better than really good sex, potentially, for people who are experiencing certain things in the water. And now there's a lot of great sports. Surfing, I just have a strong preference. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people like, and there's a lot of good sex. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> but I hear, I hear the surfing, yeah. I mean, on so many levels. And it's just a straight immersion in nature. Like, it's quite easy. You paddle out 30, 40 yards. You are in deep in the wilderness now. And that's pretty amazing. Is it? And um, 70 miles per hour, that'd be a really big wave. Well, that would be really fast. You fly. <laughs> I think you fly as you go along the wave because it's gravity and the force of the wave, I guess. But yeah, 70 would probably be huge. Maybe. What do you normally go on a wave? Like 30 I don't or 40? Know. I, I, that's a good question. It depends. I, I bet so. I bet people hit 30 or 40 on bigger waves. Yeah. 
I know I've never had time myself or anyone actually on a wave. I just think I used about to time a fastball. If you fall on the ground, like if I just fell, like how many miles per hour you're going? And surfing is like controlled falling, so you could probably go pretty fast. I, I yeah, just long, that was a detail. No, it's long a great story detail. short. Stoked. That's the light diet. Yeah. Yeah, stoked for you sharing the light diet. Stoked for you sharing your light. Stoked for you being here and explaining a bit about the idea of raw optics. That what's the, is that the website? Yeah, it's rawoptics.com. Okay. That's funny you asked the question and that was the raw is the sun god. We'll finish there. Raw is the sun god and he's ta- he's touted as the highest god because the Egyptians being intuitive knew that the sun was one of the most powerful forces. Looks like you're dripping some beanbag yeah, beans. I'm going to zip that back up <laughs> yeah, right totally. away. So <sighs> they knew that the sun was the, one of the most powerful of the natural forces in relation to our lives. And so that's why the Ra was the chief of the gods because it was the most important to revere. And they knew that they would sun gaze, they would shave their heads and get the sun, they had strong skulls. And so that's why Ra is so significant and important as a mythological figure and you know basically a god of ancient Egypt. And then optics is the study, the science of the study of the propagation of light. And so basically, our my whole business is just the, the product side of the light diet, which is basically about, it's a, you know, a cool brand name to explain, like getting natural light. Because raw is sunlight and optics is light. So it's just sunlight light basically is a synonym for the business. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm into it. We got We get to figure out. In my in my opinion, it, we don't have to be um, like victims to this technology that's going to be continuously coming out. That's always come out through human history. It's just like better technology has to come out. So I appreciate having this this opportunity for people to do something about the screen time. Yeah, I mean, if you want, we could give the audience a discount of like your name or like a. Something like that. Yeah, too. We'll do, let's, let's do breaking normal. All right, so we'll do breaking normal. If you go, if people go to rawoptics.com forward slash breaking normal, you'll get ten percent off glasses. So that'll be a good start. And uh, yeah, those are to be worn after sunset, and the daytime lenses are to be used for people who spend time indoors during the day, like on screens or in uh, offices and stuff. Or if you work like at Walgreens, like my dad does, yeah. I've walked in, I've walked in those places, especially work overnight. I've oh, walked in yeah. those places that I literally like, like we're seven eleven or whatever, like a midnight. Yeah, it is like going into this weird Dude, science with the glasses. You with these glasses, you'll never feel that again. It's amazing. It's just you're calm. I mean, it's it's actually still a little weird because of how kind of intense the lights are, but it's it's way chiller. Like, it doesn't trip up your cortisol and stuff. And the glasses, they're very powerful. They're able to protect from that. So, yeah, it's it's been really cool to come on and talk about this stuff. I, I'm curious to ask you, I don't know how much time we have, but basically, like, what are your thoughts on um, the light diet? How do you see that this applies to you as you already live? And then, you know, what are your thoughts? Oh, I think it's like, a, like the intentions are very aligned with what um, my – appendix for living is in a lot of ways so i think that's cool i um tend to almost like dogmatically stray away from planting any sort of placebo of fear like if you don't do this this could happen or this is damaging like i aim to just say what i aim to focus on what's optimal that's so true so that might and um that might be one thing that i was like well (laughs) i mean 
but I understand it though. It's like it's interesting that fear is such a good uh, it's such a good way to plant an idea. It's like fertile it creates fertile soil soil for a lot of people. So inherently if the idea that someone's planting and they're using fear that's grounded in rational logic and truth, I see how that can be interwoven. I think I was, and maybe some, something for me to consider is to be more realistic about certain things and less delusionally optimistic. Um, but that was yeah. one thing that came up, like when you were describing, like you know, this can be damn like damaging. Like I don't want to tell anyone a thing that, that something's damaging them to them because I don't know. I don't know. It might not be. You know, it might be damaging to me. It might be good for someone else, and vice versa. Um, but I also understand it. It's like, you know, if anyone studies psychology or marketing or advertising or anything or memetics specifically, that's something I'm into. Um, it's a very good way to spread a message. Not, I'm not saying that you did that a yeah. lot or anything, but no, there were certain totally. like themes. I'm like, oh, that's where I would like. No, I appreciate you bringing that up. It's So I'm, I'm glad to clarify because I could see how things I share. And I actually do thank you for bringing that up because. I like that you're so honest. I should disclaim at the beginning of every podcast that, and I didn't hear, but I'm going to going forward, that these things are just based on like Western scientific data, which is highly, highly dubitable, extremely dubitable. Like we, to, for us to say that we think we know something is really like saying we, we see this and, and it might mean this at the best. But so I'm totally on in agreement with you. I'm kind of taking statements that I've been seeing and, you know, taking from the science, but not fully considering the the thing that I've shared here, which is like you said, if you have that belief of fear, that alone can be very damaging. And so that's what, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I mentioned has really taught me a lot, talks about like, you can change your mindset, I believe. And that's why step eight, cultivate your inner light is the step that ties the whole light diet together, because you could be doing all the physical external things correct, which is what I was doing in many ways, and have really, really false beliefs or old attachments or this or that and really really not get the benefits of the light diet and conversely you can do all the first seven steps wrong which is like not be in the sun and be indoors work in an office go nine to five and be miserable and well that's the thing not be miserable though if you have strong inner light strong family connections and all this stuff i wouldn't be surprised if those people could actually still do really well as a healthy person they're still gonna you know they could get an extra benefit from being outdoors more, of course, and you would naturally, you know, say probably people are drawn, people who are more inspired are drawn to the outdoors, I would say, as a general rule of thumb, looking at history and so on, and today, but still, you know, 100%, people don't need to be worried about any of these things like EMF from cell phones and this and that, because truly, we can just do what we can do, that what we're inspired to do, and if we're really going to be afraid, it's probably not helping. You know, we can just lead people to action. And if it doesn't, then it probably wasn't meant to be. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, I know some of the most inspirational people I've ever met, they, they drive a, a really fear bait. Like there's just like subtle layers of fear in there. I mean, it goes to all religions and master, the master way of doing this. Isn't that funny? But it still spills over to almost every Almost every propaganda of sorts, even if it's positive propaganda. Anyways, these are great. 
great explorations. Thanks they are for great being, explorations. <laughs> thanks for being on the show today, and uh, and for the discount. Yeah, I'd love to know what people think about that. And if you have any questions about the show, once again, ask them on the review and or reach out to me personally, um, Daniel at BreakingNormal.com or my Instagram. Those are just probably two, my two most places I'm most active at responding to messages. And I wish you well on your journey going uh, west. Thank you. Man, Colorado is a good place to be right now, currently, you know, for, depending on someone's tolerance for snow. That could change any moment, but yeah. right now it's just like fall is happening. Oh, it's man. so epic. Dude, Today so was, it was not even fall. It was like the perfect, perfect summer day, but with a fall setting. Exactly. The sun was perfect. And so, dude, I came here to meet my operations manager in Glenwood Springs, visit a couple of buddies in Boulder and all this stuff. And so I thought we were going to go camping somewhere near Boulder, but they're like, oh, no, we're driving all the way to Buena Vista. Do you know Buena Vista? I, I'm familiar with the area. I don't know if I've actually been through there, but I hear it's epic. It's the most legendary country I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, they were just so stoked to fish and hunt, and I was altitude sick. Like, I was at 9,000 feet from coming from San Diego a day later, and I was, like, dead for a day. But the scenery was, like, the best place to be dead for a day because just a couple sunrises and – swimming in a cold river and being next to my friends who are fly fishing was epic. And then we went to Gunnison, which is insane. It's right next to Crested Butte and the drives, the Taylor river to Michi are some of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. So that's a, was a treat to start the little trip off with a weekend. Yeah. I might go there. there tomorrow. Do the Aspen trees are blooming and Crested Butte's the best place for Aspen. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. They're perfect right now. Like we were slowed down on the highway for, a long time it was like two hour delay because there's like people who park on the side of the highway and have to cross the highway to take just pictures of the aspens in this oh, one particular gosh. mountain pass i'm probably going tomorrow yeah because i have some friends there that might be able to welcome me and i think I'll, i have a schedule you have a phone call tomorrow but you could be there in four and a half hours yeah to is, there, is there any did you have reception that whole drive or no <laughs> pretty much the entire drive you did yeah okay. actually i take that back no i totally just lied uh, yeah, I was i'd to say, say probably not no <laughs> probably 25 to 30 to 40 percent. yeah i was gonna drive. say had really no i guess from that knowing this landscape <laughs> no, miraculous. no the mountains <laughs> blocked the radio who's your server <laughs> okay great <laughs> all right well uh and welcome to glenwood springs hey va go to the vapor caves oh there's vapor caves you can go underground that's pretty special and you can pour cold water on yourself underground if you can't if you want to there's many hot springs in the area i'm not going to say the ones i would the really good ones but the public ones people know about like if you go to a public one iron mountain okay they don't treat their hot water oh, cool they treat the cold water yeah but the other ones all that are public that i know about all are treated really except maybe avalanche and carbondale okay anyways i'll go to what's it called again um, Iron Mountain. Iron Mountain. And Glenwood. It means expensive and it's, they treat oh, the chlorinated great. water, but there are, the, uh, my understanding is they're pumping the hot water up untreated. That's so if you perfect. go to the hottest tub, that would be the freshest source. It's really hot, yeah. And it's above 100 degrees. And it's wow. really like medicinal. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that a lot. And so my girlfriend from San Diego is going to be coming up and we're actually going to meet in Glenwood, do that for two nights and then go to Uray which is higher up and close to Telluride. Oh, yeah, Silverton. great call, great call. Great and call. we're going to be at this, like, hot springs kind of place where you stay and they have the hot springs, and that's really good, like the cold hot therapy. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like an appendix to the light diet. 
because it's a great way to optimize our mitochondria. So sunbathing in cold water or sauna and ice or hot springs in cold water, those are the three best ways to do it. Yeah. It is- I'm on that page. We share. We share a lot. Yeah. Right? I could go on for days for that. And I'll I probably think that's save some of that, material. especially just for respect for some of these spots. Because sometimes when they get overrun with people that don't know how to interact with nature, like hence like leaving sharp objects and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if it's meant to be shared publicly, but I know yeah. what you're talking about. Some totally. of these, yeah, Colorado and a lot of these Rocky Mountain states have so many special spots around that. Yeah. So thanks for noticing. and. Thanks for breaking normal, and uh, yeah, to be continued. To be continued. Thanks for having me. You.